Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's the Speedway Show. An idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Well, hi there, and welcome to the Speedway Show. Our topic today is Who's Got Your Back? It is actually the title of a book that my guest helped to write. As we begin the new year and you're getting your act together and figuring out how to do things even better than last year, we are going to talk about how to improve your professional relationships and why that is so important. My guest is entrepreneur, author, speaker, educator, and change agent, Dr. Jeff Kaplan. Dr. Kaplan presented to more than 14,000 people. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I think it's 140,000 people on relationship development. To date, his lifelong passion for architecting unique learning experiences has led him to pursue a varied career in the fields of business, publishing, and public speaking. As a young man, Jeff used to... Uh, used his life savings of $1,500 to start an events company. Headquartered in a garage, he started the business with one desk, a computer, and three chairs. Jeff and a staff of two quickly grew the company to international operation level before selling it for seven figures a decade later. Now, realizing his passion was to make the workplace better, Jeff partnered with Keith Ferrazzi on the number one New York Times bestseller, Who's Got Your Back? Designing a marketing campaign and book tour that changed book promotion forever. As a result, Who's Got Your Back? reached number one on the New York Times overall bestseller list, a ranking that only five other business books in history have achieved. Jeff is now a partner in Ferrazzi Greenlight Consulting, where he leads the leadership development and training practice and manages the Greenlight Research Group, a think tank devoted to studying the bottom line impact of better business relationships. He has delivered hundreds of presentations, trainings, and keynote addresses, and has been featured in numerous radio and television interviews. Now, those of you who have been following the show know that it is all about serving as an idea exchange on how to improve our personal, professional, and spiritual relationships. So, Today is our focus on the professional relationships, and it's my delight to welcome Dr. Jeff Kaplan to the show. Dr. Kaplan, welcome to the BOA Show. Uh, thank you for having me. 
Let's start with some background. Now, Dr. Kaplan, you have worked with some of the world's top brands. Can you share some examples with us? Uh, sure. I mean, we've been uh, uh, most of the Fortune 500 logos that uh, you see and hear about every day are clients of ours one way or another, whether it's uh, Accenture, Thomson Reuters, uh, uh, the uh, you know uh, New York Stock Exchange, or uh, the client that I've spent the most time with the last 18 months is uh, British Telecommunications. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're we're quite uh, quite uh, well known in the uh, executive ranks and uh, boardrooms across the world. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about your passion that led you to embark on the work that you are doing now. Well, you know, it's a strange thing. Uh, I'm a third generation salesperson, and uh, my dad was uh, very very much proud of the of being a salesperson. It was a great part of his identity. Uh, but the only time I ever saw him cry that I can remember in my entire life. Uh, was when he came home one day and uh, shared with uh, uh, my mom that uh, his boss had told him he wasn't worth his draw. And I just realized that uh, sales and, and business in general um, had a really impersonal uh, you know, uh, feel to it and that it didn't have to be that hard. There had to be a better way uh, to engage, that they weren't getting the best out of my dad, nor were they uh, fulfilling his life any for the approaches they were taking and their management style. Uh, and so that has become my life's passion. I mean, when you think about it, we spend, you know, 2,080 hours uh, a year, and that's without overtime, um, ostensibly for 40 or 50 years of our life at this thing called work. Uh, it should be fulfilling. If we're going to do better as a society, as an economy, as a people, um, as a, as a, as a um, you know, uh, our, our place in this world is, in, in the large regard, uh, based on, on that work environment that we're in. We've got to do a better job doing that. And so that's where my passion comes from. Well, and that's the perfect segue to my next question. As I said in your introduction, you are, among other impressive things, an author. So tell us about this book. Well, Who's Got Your Back is, is a follow-up to our first book. The first one was uh, sort of a, per a perennial bestseller called Never Eat Alone. And Never Eat Alone was the book that sort of rewrote the rules of networking for a new generation. Uh, when I grew up, the, the notion of a networker uh, was somebody who was at a you know, cocktail reception, sort of a, a little, little bit of a slimy kind of person over in the corner with a martini glass in one hand and business <laughs> cards in the other, looking for the biggest name in the room, right? I mean, that's how right. we anticipated, you know, that's how we viewed networking. It really had a bad connotation before we wrote the book. When we wrote the book, we studied the top one-tenth of one percent of wage earners in the world to find out what they did different. And what they did different is that they were purposeful about their networks. They really went out and, and they focused on building their network as part of what they did every day. And their approach to their network was fundamentally different. And that is they went up to somebody and, and literally the mindset was, it's good to meet you. How can I help make you successful? And by making those people successful, they became more successful. And so when we, when we did that book, that, that led us to really start examining relationships in, in, in every aspect. And so the next thing was we wanted to find out <clears throat> what made the most successful teams and organizations successful. And we wanted to continue to determine if there were any other factors of making that top one-tenth of one percent of wage earners successful, which led us to who's got your back. And it's the notion that people that were really successful not only were purposeful about their networks and approached their networks with a how can I help the other person 
mentality, but they also, uh, most of them had a habit of creating a small group of people, uh, private, uh, a personal board of directors, if you will, uh, that would help them uh, build their personal brands and drive their careers. Because our research shows, and I'm sure your audience uh, can relate to this, that each of us has one person in our lives that lies to us more than anybody else. And we know it to be a fact. And that is you see that person every day when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror, right? We <laughs> lie to ourselves, right? We, you know, uh, the, these these pants aren't too too tight or, you know, I'm not, that's not gray hair. That's just, I must be getting blonde. You know, that kind of thing. We we have a tendency to 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 share to allow ourselves uh, to maybe get out of the box, get away from what we're going to do, and, and this is a perfect time of year for us to reflect on that because you know we're coming up on on the first of the year, and that's where we're going to make these you know all these New Year's resolutions that for the lion's share of people are forgotten by the you know the first of February, and so. Yeah. Um, what we found is that the people that were really successful went out and they got a small group of people and they shared uh, what they want to accomplish and then had those people help them uh, by holding them accountable, by telling them what they needed to hear, not what they wanted to hear, developing really candid conversations so that we stayed on track. And these personal board of directors would basically meet on a regular basis and then rotate. So I might be the focus of, of this week's board of directors meetings or this month's, and the next month would be the other person in the group or another person in the group. And typically these groups were four to six folks. So we started analyzing how this worked, and we came up with a formula that individuals can use. And so those the individual who's got your back formula, we actually tested that on um, – uh, Good Morning America uh, with some individuals who did a multi-part series there to introduce the book and, and the concepts in it. And it was amazing from being out of work or somebody who was homeless getting their first you know, job and getting back in the workforce or uh, somebody who's divorced starting over again or a mother going back in the workforce after being um, out of the workforce for a while. Having the support of others was absolutely a critical factor that virtually assured that they would stay on path. And so that's uh, the application to the individuals. But who's got your back also works when it comes to teams within organizations. And so with Thomson Reuters, before they were Thomson uh, Reuters as one company, they were Thomson and Reuters, we work with their executive teams to help them start to um, view each other as members of the same team. So they felt like the other people on this new board and this new company, this new merged company, that those people had their back. And uh, it was amazing how much that helped their merger succeed in the early months when it could have gone, you know, either way. So the principles apply both to teams and they apply to individuals. Who's got your back is the power of having lifetime relationships, lifeline relationships, where you know somebody's out there who knows who you are, what you're about, what you're capable of, and most importantly, willing to go out into the world, living their life, but within the back of their mind, looking for opportunities to make you successful. Well, I really like that concept because um, one of my favorite uh, motivational speakers is Zig Ziglar. And one of the things he says over and over again is you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. And it sounds like that's really the fundamental tenet of effective networking as you have described it, really, right? Yeah, no, there's no question that uh, uh, Zig is the, the 
part of the inspiration for uh, the firm and all of our work. And really what we're doing is trying to update the concepts to include, you know, a workforce that, you know, no longer has a water cooler. You know, in Zig Ziglar's days, uh, a lot of the uh, relationships, especially internal relationships and organizations and organizational memory and organizational learning, it all occurred, you know, at the water cooler or around somebody's desk or, you know, um, after work when, when you got a drink. Today we work uh, virtually in many organizations. We don't see one another. Uh, we work internationally more than we've, we've ever worked before. Um, we work at more jobs than we did. I mean, in my parents' day, my grandparents' day, they would have one or two, or if they were really flighty, three jobs in 40 years, right? For, for our generation, it's like seven jobs. For the kids that are graduating college in 2020, they anticipate they'll have between 12 and 14 jobs in their lifetime. So we're moving around a lot more, and we have a lot less opportunities for human contact. So really the question for what we do every day is how do we take Zig's sort of uh, universal truths uh, that are, you know, you know, they're going to last for generations, but how do we apply them with a, a new environment and new context and new rules in terms of, you know, the times and opportunities we get a chance to interact with others. And, and that's what we're all about. But I'm with you with, uh, with Zig Ziglar. Well, and listeners, what I would tell you is that both links to both of these books will be available on the website uh, on thespeway.com or thespewayshow.com. And uh, you can link through and purchase your copy, which I encourage you to absolutely do. Now, Dr. Kaplan, I understand that there were some impressive aspects about this book besides the book itself. You had a unique marketing approach that changed book promotion forever. How did you do that? Well, it's interesting. What we did is uh, we, we, we really tried to figure out, rather than just uh, do some kind of corporate partnership or sponsorship and, and, and find some arm length, arm's length association uh, with the brand that we associated ourselves with, we really went out and, and did some research and tried to figure out, you know, what organizations that existed already sort of understood this concept of the team approach and why it was so critical. And what we came across is a, is a university called, uh, it's part of the Apollo Group, it's the University of Phoenix, which is the largest private university uh, in the United States. And many people have probably uh, you know, heard about it at one point or another because they're in all 50 states in the union. But the, the whole educational process that they base their university on and the growth of the university uh, they, they associate with this factor is the fact that it's a, it's a team learning model. So you, you may be learning virtually, you may be learning on the ground, whatever environment you're in, um, every one of their classes is based around a group of people learning together and creating and collaborating and innovating and producing together. And I thought that was just so absolutely what we were talking about, and they had the 50-state reach, that I began just to cold call into their board of directors. I got them interested in uh, you know, meeting with us and being interviewed for the book, which was our initial view. And then once we started to understand more and more about how teamwork is such a critical aspect of the success of their organization, um, we uh, got them to be a national sponsor of the book tour, uh, bringing it uh, to all of their students in uh, some 40 states. 
And so then what we did is, since we were going to go around 40 cities, I should say, uh, we were going to go around to the 40 cities, we then reached out to the top uh, companies in each of those cities and arranged for three speeches a day before the main big speech that we would do for the University of Phoenix, its alumni and friends in each community. And so basically uh, we'd start in the morning and we might do, you know, Intel and then Nintendo and then Microsoft and then this big presentation, which would be about 2,000 people for the book, uh, you know, the main speech. And then afterwards we would take a select group of ambassadors the people that were really critical to business success in that local community, and we would invite 12 of them, 12 to 18 of them, to a, to an intimate dinner uh, with Keith Ferrazzi, the author. And we called those our ambassador dinners. And by doing that, we were able to control and create uh, book uh, sales opportunities that allowed us to take this to number one. Uh, keep in mind, it's not just bulk sales. Like it's not like we did a deal and you know took sponsorship money and just turned it into book sales money and bought a whole bulk of books. That doesn't work. That's not how the New York Times best-selling book works. You have to order if you order through Amazon. It has to be an individual person going into an individual address. So we literally had to campaign through these companies and and sell blocks of 100, 200 books at a time to be able to do this. And 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 when you have a business book versus a fiction book, you know, like we're going up against Harry Potter and Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, yes. that's that's tough competition. Uh, but we were able to do that and organize and coordinate the the purchases so that we went number one, you know, overall on the New York, not just in books, but but not just in business books, but in uh, overall. And that was uh, uh, quite an accomplishment. But nothing like this had ever been done for a business book before. Uh, and uh, as I indicated, when, when I met you uh, in Minneapolis, uh, we had some, some cities like Minneapolis, San Francisco, uh, and a couple of others where people were literally lined up around the block uh, to come and hear this message. So we know it's timely. Uh, we know it works. And uh, we're just glad that uh, we had such a great and warm reception. Wow. So as a result, just for those who might have missed it, Who's Got Your Back reached number one on the New York Times overall bestseller list. In other words, it wasn't just number one for business books, but all books. So you actually beat out the um, Harry Potters and the Fifty Shades of Grey for, for quite a while, did you not? <laughs> we did, and it was uh, it was exciting. We were actually doing some uh some work with uh, Aon, the insurance uh, company uh, that you may know as the, yes. uh, the sponsors of Manchester United. It was actually the night that they announced uh, that they were going to be the sponsor for Manchester United. We were in Chicago doing some work with them uh, on the book tour, and that's uh, the night that we found out that we were number one as well. So it was uh, it was a great uh, time to, to spend with our, our client and their excitement about their sponsorship and our our verification that we would be coming uh, out as number one. So pretty exciting. Well, no kidding. So I must confess that I did a double take when I saw the title of the book and heard what it was about. So how did the title come about? Well, our, our books are uh, our books and our titles are are are, are designed to be. Uh, referencing things that are, you know, really common to us and they're also designed to to sort of catch your eye, right? So the first book, you know, Never Eat Alone is sort of this just 
bright orange that jumps off the shelf, and it was an interesting title, right? But we wanted to take that and make it even a little bit more, you know, evocative. And the second book, which is uh, sort of a, a blue in that same, you know, family of colors, but still something that sort of jumps off the shelf, you know, who's got your back is a notion of, you know, do you know who your friends are? Do you do you have somebody? You know, it's interesting that only one out of five people that were surveyed said that they had a best friend at work. It's an amazing fact. It's a, but you know that if if somebody had a best friend at work, uh, they were more than three times more likely to be satisfied with their job. If they had two best friends at work, they were 99% more likely to be satisfied with their compensation package. So this isn't just about making somebody feel good. This is good makes good organizational and management sense because if people have strong ties, emotional ties, uh, relational ties to the people they work work with, that makes the company that much stronger. We're going to have lower turnover rates. We're going to have uh, more ethical behavior in the workplace. We're going to put in that extra hour to make sure that, you know, whatever needs to be done is done because we've got each other's back. And that's why that uh, title was so powerful. And we had hundreds of working titles. But once Keith said that out loud, we all knew that was that was exactly where uh, we needed to be. Well, now the, the book is all about um, – a breakthrough program that you talked about earlier to build deep trusting relationships that create success and won't let you fail. But as I remember from the time that I heard you speak, this is not just about business relationships, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and 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 two, you got to keep in mind as well that success isn't necessarily about money or about having the greatest title or the biggest position. You know, it might be, uh, for some of us, success might be, you know, really developing, you know, a strong family life or, uh, you know, develop, redeveloping our health, you know, uh, taking control of, uh, of our weight or ensuring that we reduce the, the, the risk of diabetes or heart disease. Um, you know, there's so many other aspects to what success means. So when we talk about, you know, people being successful and using these teams to be successful, it's not just about professional success. It's about personal success. It's about your health. It's about your wealth, spiritual and financial. And it's about your family. And so we've tried to balance that out in the book as well. So actually, if I'm thinking about how best to use this book, even if I am not really wondering about, gee, how do I improve my relationships at work, um, and maybe I'm not terribly concerned about that because, you know, maybe I don't have a day job. Um, this would still be a really good book to read if I'm thinking about how to improve my relationships all the way around in general. Oh, there's no question. And one of the ways that we find make it really fun is to start practicing the concepts before you even know what the formal process is. So get together with a group of friends, uh, you know, four people, buy the book, you know, uh, start reading it, and almost like a, in a book club model, uh, meet and discuss the chapters as you go through it. And amazingly enough, um, as you do that, you'll all be learning how to do it, and then theoretically that could then become your lifeline group, right, the group, your, your personal board of directors, when you're all done because you will have uh, learned it all together. We find many executive teams of small and mid-sized businesses uh, do that as well, uh, and that's the way they start to incorporate uh, these very concepts into, you know, their working uh, relationship, their, the way they do their business, their business as usual. You talked earlier about how we are now living in a much more virtual society than we used to. And we may have some listeners who might be thinking, well, hey, 
I understand the value of networking. Why? I've been doing it all my life. I have a Facebook page. I got my LinkedIn profile, and I'm on Twitter. What am I missing? <laughs> well, the 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 most the thing that most people are missing is that they're purposeful to it. So, do you have a certain amount of time that you block out each week? Is it integrated in everything you do? Uh, do you know the statistics of the number of folks that you have on LinkedIn? What are you doing on LinkedIn to expand that? How many people have you asked in the last month to introduce you to three people that they think you would? Uh, enjoy meeting, and how many people have you introduced uh, to do that? So really how active and purposeful are you about that? And then the second thing, which is even more important, is that we have to link the outcomes that we seek to our network. So what we always do is we always start with our focus. What do we hope to achieve three years from now, five years from now, whatever our overarching goal is? And then once we understand what we're trying to achieve, and by the way, we use this very same process to ensure that we sold and we're number one on the New York Times bestseller list. So you can use this process for anything. Weight loss, you can use it for health goals, you can use it for business or sales goals. But you ask yourself first, what is that goal I'm trying to achieve? And then you ask yourself a really interesting question. Not what it is I need to do to achieve that goal, but instead, who are the people that are critical to my success and how do I make them successful? Who are the three, six, nine, twelve, twenty-four people that are absolutely critical to my success? And then how am I going to go out in the world to engage with them and make them successful? And by making them successful, get them on my team so that they're going to want to naturally help me be successful as well. And it's a formula that works over and over again. And we extend that formula, by the way, in two ways next year. I'm, I'm really glad to announce that uh, in uh, June of this year, I'll be publishing the first independent title from Keith, and that's a book called Everybody Sells. And it's the notion that no matter what you do, whether you're an, a salesperson, whether you're a CEO, if you're a single person out at the bars, everybody sells, right? Everybody sells. And we have to understand how to hone that power to improve our own personal brand and make us that much more successful. Meanwhile, Keith is working on his third book, which is really exciting and extends the work that we've been uh, doing now for nearly 10 years, and it's called Your Career, Own It. Uh, really exciting. And what that does is it takes exactly the question you just asked and it really gets down into the basics. What do I do about Facebook? What do I do about LinkedIn? Uh, how much of myself do I show? Am I my brand? What is my brand? How do I expand that? So really exciting that the two books we're working on simultaneously or in parallel uh, are actually going to be working together to sort of complete the, the question that we started with, uh, Never Eat Alone and Who's Got Your Back. Sweet. Now, you and I met, as you said, recently at a function in Minneapolis where you talked about this topic. One of the things that I have to say impressed me so much about this book was your ability to take what feels like, you know, a really a pretty squishy topic, you know, relationship building, and condense it down to actionable, specific steps that anyone can take to be successful. But because it can be such a squishy topic, I imagine people are prone to making all kinds of errors. What are the most common mistakes that you see people making in their efforts to network and build solid relationships? 
Um, I think it's I think it's the discipline. I mean, ultimately, that's what we hear over and over again. The best compliment that we get from from our work is, you know, I, I knew that I did about sixty percent of that, uh, but I never put it together. In, you know, and I learned some other stuff. That's great, but I never put it together into a framework that would allow me to, with a disciplined approach, do this every day. It's the same thing. It's like you don't exercise. You know, you don't go to the gym and exercise a muscle once and expect that you're going to have this, you know, great big muscle and this health uh, that will last a lifetime. You have to go in there and exercise it all the time. Uh, relationships are, are the same way. And that's also uh, uh, leads to another big framework. Beyond the discipline, there's a big sort of mindset shift uh, that happens when people start working with us, and that is they start viewing relationships as muscles versus pieces of pie. And let me explain to you what I mean. A lot of times people will guard relationships as if they were pie. So that if I eat a piece of pie, there's one less piece of pie there for me to consume. <laughs> yes. actually, I can't share my pie. <laughs> exactly. And and what I want to do is I want to be thinking about my relationships like a muscle. I want to exercise them. If I've got a great relationship with you and, and I know some other people that are in you are you're smart, you're energetic, it takes two seconds after you after you know someone meets you to know that. So the first thing I ask myself is who are the other smart and energetic people she should meet in my network? Why? Because that'll actually strengthen our network. I've got seven, eight thousand people that I track on a regular basis, right? And I want to try to give every one of them as much personal attention as possible. Sometimes that's impossible to do. So a great tactic is to introduce two people that within your network that you think will develop their own great relationship because then every time you engage with that person, I still get to live in the relationship with you and it extends my ability to maintain my touch with a larger and ever-growing number of people in my network. So I would say uh, discipline, uh, the notion that a relationship is more like a muscle than a piece of pie, and the power of leveraging other people in your network to create new relationships uh, that allow you to live in that relationship without physically having to be there. Those are the three main things. Wow. Very nice. Now, in, in Who's Got Your Back, you talk about four mindsets, and we're close to the end of our time, so we'll, there's no way we're going to be able to, to do it justice. And frankly, I think uh, the best way to do it justice, listeners, is for you to go and pick up a copy of this book and read about it. But um, I just wanted you to quickly give us a preview of what those four mindsets are and what they mean. Yeah, the four mindsets that are really critical to know are generosity, intimacy, candor, and accountability. And we've Played around with the vulnerability in the in the in the second book, but the underlying uh, the underlying concepts are generosity is you have to begin a relationship by begin a relationship by finding a way to be generous to the other person or being willing to accept their generosity. It starts the human interaction. It's absolutely critical to relational success. Intimacy is the next step. It's getting to know the whole person as a person rather than as a title or as, you know, something that's, in, you know, inhuman in, that, that won't lend to a greater uh, understanding of them. Because once you start to understand them as a person, you'll start to root for them, and the tone and tenor of your conversation will change, which means that you'll start to have candor. Candor is when you're able to say what you need to be, what needs to be said as opposed to what you know, is appropriate in, you know, when, when you don't know someone. 
So uh, you, you say what has to be said rather than what you think somebody wants to hear. And ultimately that leads to two-way accountability. And really accountability is the key to any relationship lasting over a long period of time because you have to be able to hold each other accountable for the promises you make and to help them empower the people that are with us to hold us accountable for the things we promise ourselves. I'm going to stay on this diet. I'm going to get that degree. I'm going to, you know, break 100 in golf. Whatever it is you're trying to achieve, other people need to hold you accountable to help keep you on track. Generosity, intimacy, candor, accountability. You know, I was going to ask you to give us the top three most important things that you would advise every professional to do or think about in building successful relationships. I'm not sure if that is... um, kind of redundant because you gave us the the mistakes that people commonly make. So what I'm going to do is I'll give you the option of addressing that or if you've got any other parting advice that you would give our listeners. Well, I'll give you uh, three. Uh, Stay connected, be yourself, and build your networks before you need it. More, uh, I can't tell you how many times people reach out to me and say, oh, my goodness, I've lost my job. I better build a network. It's like, no, you lost your job. You're building your network a year and a half ago, two years ago. So build it before you need it. You know, Be yourself and uh, stay connected once you've made that connection. Well, all right, Dr. Kaplan, I, I am interested in your next book, and so I, I may, uh, if you are available, I would love it if you'd come back and uh, talk to us again once you get that book out, and uh, we can talk about that one. I look forward to it. Well, thank you very much for joining me on the show today, Dr. Kaplan. Well, thank you, and I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to talk with your listeners today. Well, listeners, if you... Um, haven't already, uh, check out Dr. Kaplan's Everything, which is going to be posted on the website, uh, spiroid.com. You'll have access to his bio. You will have access to his blog. And uh, you will be able to reach him and contact him if you'd like to have him come over and speak. And then, of course, as I said earlier, you will have the um, links to both of the books that he mentioned, Never Eat Alone and Who's Got Your Back. And if you haven't already heard the new news about the show, uh, you can also find it as a podcast in iTunes. So spread the word. Simply go to iTunes, go to the podcast section, and run a search for Speedway, S-P-I-W-E. you got to get the spelling right. You can subscribe for free, and all of the new shows will automatically be available. And all of the past ones will be available for you to download. So thank you very much for joining us for another episode. And this is Speedway signing off and saying go in peace and get the fuck who's got your back and expand and deepen your relationships. Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle thespeedwayshow. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.